Hello and welcome to episode 200 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now when this podcast started, I made it no secret I had a list of names of dream guests that I wanted on this podcast. People like Jessica Hines, people like Anthony Hopkins, Mads Mikkelsen, Kevin Smith and many more. And all of those have been ticked off in just over five years. And now we're at the big 200, there was one name that still remained that I hadn't got on Mark and Me. But that ends today, because I'm joined by that guest, and I personally think there's no one better for me to celebrate this huge milestone than my own dad. So on today's episode, I'm joined by David Wajat. Yes, my dad is here. For me, there's only one guest. It's someone I love and adore and is my absolute hero, my idol and someone I respect more than anyone else in the whole world. It's such a personal interview. I'm letting basically all my listeners into my world even more and I really hope you enjoy today's episode because for me, it's something I've now got forever. My dad is 85 years old. He really is someone I've looked up to all my life and I really can't wait to share this interview in just a couple of moments time. But before we get there, even at episode 200, I'm not gonna change the format. I always like to touch base and talk about my last episode. So on episode 199, I was joined by Matt Tuck, the singer, guitarist, and songwriter from the incredible band, Bullet For My Valentine. It was a huge episode and one of my most downloaded this year. So a huge thanks to everyone that took the time and listened to this amazing interview. But let's get back to today's episode. I'm celebrating in style. Episode 200. So I think we should get to it straight away. Here's me and my dad talking all things, well, everything. So dad, thanks for joining me today for episode 200 of the Mark and Me podcast. No, no worry at all. Love to see you, mate. So, Dad, what I want to do today for the listeners out there is give them an idea about who you are and all your experiences in life. So what I want to do is take it right back to the very start. So when you were growing up at a really young age, what did you want to do and what did you want to be? Well, never thought, really, because of the war. When I was born in 1937, a couple of years before the war started, we, it, we didn't do much at all. Like I started school when I was five. We used to walk to school down the road, quite a quite a mile, about a mile and a half, two miles to the school. My brother used to take me, John. He was two years older than me, just over two years older than me. And we used to go to another school, and that was it. I never even thought of anything. What do you want to be? Because you didn't, I suppose. Those days. So what did you enjoy in school? What what lessons did you like that were the ones that you actually wanted to go to and that were you felt were worthwhile? Oh, I like I used to like I know it sounds silly. I used to like singing in the morning. Yeah. And then we used to do uh, woodwork. That was good. And maths. I used to, I didn't mind maths. I'm not I'm not very good at English. I'm afraid. No. No. But you're really good at maths because you used to help me in my homework and when we used to play darts, you used to be really quick at all the numbers. Well, yeah, you do, yeah. I used to, well, I used to be in engineering for years, about 40, 40 odd years, engineering. So, therefore, you, you learn a lot about, you have to use angles and work it out with trigonometry and all that lot, you know. 
You didn't have calculators then days. So you said to me earlier on you were born just before World War Two. is that right? Yeah. So tell me about how it was, because obviously you were very young, but do you remember Grandad Woody going out and having to leave the house and tell you that he's going away for weeks and you might not see him again? How was it? Well, seriously, I can't remember those a lot of that. I remember him when he, he used to come home and leave, and very rare, we didn't see much of me, Dad, until I was about, ooh... I was about six or seven before I really saw me, met my dad, like. He used to be at the war, he was in the army, he was in, he was at, well, he went right through the war. He, he was in the, he was a regular soldier and he'd just come out being demobbed and then the war started so he had to go back in. So he was free, he was ready to come home and be a family man and do all that, but then unfortunately he was called to go out to Germany, is that right? Well, he'd go to fight, yeah to try and keep Germany in its place. So tell me about some of the memories, because I remember sitting with Grandad at Christmas Day and he'd sometimes have a sherry or something and tell us about his days in the war, but he was one of the first on Dunkirk Beach, wasn't he? And he's got so many different stories and memories. Well, he was on Dunkirk Beach for quite a while, yeah. He's, he, but he would, it's hard to believe that how they how they managed, really, because they they'd be in the water up to their chest in, in the daytime. And at night, they used to come back on the beach. And, and, and I know it sounds horrible, but they used to pile the dead bodies up to get in, betw- to get in between them to, to keep themselves safe because the, the bomb, they used to come over at night. And that, yeah, he had a hard life. It's crazy, isn't it, what yeah. he went through and some of the sights he saw. But he used to walk for miles, didn't he? Absolutely miles. I remember saying that he would empty his boots at the end of the day and just water would just pour out because yeah. he'd been on his feet yes. all day. Yes. He said it was horrible, real horrible, thirsty. And he said, it even made me laugh once. He said they couldn't shave, nothing to shave. And, and he shaved it, he used his tea to, to wash his face, you know, so he get a lather with the soap on his face to have a shave. Bloody hell. Yeah. And tell me about the days, because obviously he used to tell me, I remember him saying when he was on the beach and stuff, but he had some really bad times, didn't he? When he lost some of his friends, wasn't there a sniper or something that shot his best friend? Oh, that that was after after Dunkirk. Was it? Yeah, when they went back in, they had to go back after, they came back over to this country after Dunkirk and regrouped, as they call it, and then they went back, when he had to go back again, he was, they were going through some clearing, and him and his mate, and his mate was shot by a sniper. He was very fortunate, because it could have been either one of them, couldn't it? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he said that there was one place where they went, there was a, like, there was a big a road, and they had to clear it to get across, across the road. And they were shooting, the, the Germans were shooting up the road, and the, there were a lot of blokes holding on to him. He said, screaming, because frightened to death. He said, you just had to take your chance. You either run, get across the road, or you, well, you, you had to go. You had to get across the road. And as bleak as dark times he had, those times he'd tell us good stories, wasn't there? So there was times where he told me about, didn't they have to set fire to loads of stock or something? Oh, that was in, that was in Dunkirk. Yeah. The Naffy. Okay. The Naffy, there was a, the Naffy is like a big warehouse for soldiers and that. Well, it was like a big cafe sort of thing place especially for forces, for the forces people. 
Well, it was one of the blokes, they had to set fire to it, burn it because of the Germans were coming and they had to set fire to it, otherwise they'd have reaped all the, the cigarettes, booze and everything. He said he, so he had, he had a, a bottle of that 69 whiskey and some Craven A cigarettes, he said. <laughs> <laughs> he said he, when he was in the water, it was up to his neck and it's, he threw the fags away and he said, he said, I, I'm, I'm not having them. He gave up with the fags. They come round and the, the little boats came out to him. This was near the end. And they said to him, come on. He said he'd been in the water all day and his legs were so... He couldn't, couldn't move his legs. Come on, get back in this boat quick. And they dragged him in. They got him in. He said his feet were numb from being in the water all the time. And the fags had come round and he picked him up and got, got in the boat with the cigarettes. Yeah, he said it was, a, so they didn't do too bad. When he got back over this country, he said it was lovely to have a nice cup of tea and people welcomed him abroad, welcomed him in, yeah. Do you remember those moments, or can you not remember them anymore, when he came home and you knew that he didn't have to go off and fight anymore? We woke, We didn't know this, but this was my brother and me. We got up one morning, we went into the to, say, to see my mum and the, the, this... This bloke was there, that was dad. <laughs> yeah, he'd come in. The, he'd come in the night home, and he'd walk from the station up to Elskut, right up to Elskut, right. which is a fair way, really. Yeah, and he he brought a, a box of grapes for the first. Yeah, it was lovely, and he had a load of German money. You know, that's crazy. But, but it was no good. Like it was, but. Yeah. What a surprise for you, though. I bet you and uh, Uncle John were just absolutely ecstatic. Well, we didn't, well, we didn't want to go to school, but we had to. <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to go to school that day. We wanted to stop it with my dad, but we had to go to school. How old were you then? I'm trying to picture it. Wait a minute. I'd be uh, seven. Yeah? Seven, nearly eight. So at that point then, did you start enjoying school, or were you like me and didn't like school and used to get in a lot of trouble? Oh, I, I had the cane a few times, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I won the short on the list of canes. What What happened then? Were you just naughty and just didn't like studying or got bored? No, no, or? no. You know, bugger about in the classroom or something. You know, they'd get on, get, go and stand on the clock. We had to go and stand on the clock. And then there's Ed Mass would come past and say, yeah, come on up. Woof, woof. The cane across your hands. Bloody hell. Yeah. I'm quite glad the cane wasn't around when I was at school because I probably wouldn't be able to walk anymore. No, it's only on your hands, you had it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I probably wouldn't be able no. to move my hands. You think, oh, hell, that's bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one one lad that was with us, Robbie Ruff. They give him. They went to give it him, and he took a swipe at him. He pulled his hand away, and then bloody <laughs> played up with him. Had a good hold your hand. He wouldn't hold his hand, and they had to hold his hand and whoop it. Did he get twice as many because he was trying to get away from him? <laughs> Well, they just gave up. He was he was a rough old lad. What was his name? Robbie Ruff. Robbie Ruff. Yeah, that's a great name. Yeah. Let's talk about when you left school. So, didn't you then go and what did you do? Did you go in the army? Did you go and do an apprentice? What did you do? I, 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 I went on an apprenticeship at all. The, it was Chatwood Chatwood Engineering, Chatwood Safe Company, up Holsgut, and then we made redundant in nineteen eighty two. But, but I remember you, I'm sure you were in the army, weren't you? Oh, yeah. So how, what age did you go in the army? Well, I was, I was deferred because we doing an apprenticeship. Yeah. So we had to have our medical, uh, go to Birmingham, have our medical and all this 
crap at when you were when you were, <laughs> when you were seventeen, when you were eighteen, like, and then they got deferred, so I had to have another. But then went in the army at the age of twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. And what did you do when you were in the army? Bloody, roll on the mob. <laughs> You wanted to get out, actually. It was horrible. The first first morning, you, first week, you couldn't believe it. You thought, Christ, how long is this going to last? How long were you in the army? Only two years. Had to, we had to do it, though. It was a government thing. Right. National service. Did you enjoy it after a while, or did well, you just... Well, after, after the first, what, six weeks, like, you, you finish your basic training, and then you go into trade training, so you go to where to, to learn to drive and all that lot. We were, I was going to be a driver, so they, they learned me to drive. It was quite quite funny, really, because I remember we was being in the back of... Because you get in the van, it's your, in the lorry, I mean. The Bedford RLs there were, the big, big, big lorries there were, biggish ones. Well, you, you'd be about half a dozen of you sitting driving, one at a time, like, you know, one would come in and then the other would never go. And I remember him saying to this one bloke, straight across the island, and he did, straight over the island. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> what the bloody hell happened there? Oh, you're death And one day, when we was on the parade, when we did trade, when we were doing our training, the officers, I told my mum I'd stop swearing, but I got you bloody lot. Oh, <laughs> he played hell, he did. Oh. So you enjoyed some of it? Oh, when you're looking back, it was fun, yeah. It was friendship, it was good. You got plenty of good mates, oh. And what did you learn there? Was there stuff about, obviously, discipline? I suppose that's the oh, main yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you've got to learn to keep your boots clean. and you, Well, the boots, they give you the boots, and they're all little bubbles on the, on the leather. Well, you have to get all them out and then polish, put polish on them, and they were, like, gleaming. And then in, in the morning, he'd say, that those aren't good enough. He'd rub his boot across the bottom of them and take it all off. And the next night, you were there again for another couple of hours, putting it back on again. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's just discipline to make you do what you're told. And do you uh, regret going in it, or are you glad you went in? Oh, I, no, I, I wouldn't have missed it. No, well, you at didn't the, have an at option, At the time, I thought, flipping out. Well, what it was, I'd just come out of my apprenticeship, I was getting nearly £8 a week. That was a lot of money in 1958. You went in the army and you got a quid, a pound. A week? A pound a week, yeah. And you had to, you had to buy Blanco... You know, the stuff to do your kit, and you had to buy boot polish, brasso, and all that other stuff out of that. And your naffy breaks, you didn't have much chance. And like those days, I used to smoke. Well, I did stop. Now I don't smoke, but I used to smoke years, years ago because you didn't have much money for anything, really. So, how did you do stuff like do you, did you ever get any time off to go for drinks with friends or oh, meet, go, meet girls or? Well, we used to go into the town. We used to buy this scrumpy, you know, cider. Scrumpy Jack? Yeah. But it was, we used to get the farmhouse one. It was only eight pence a pint. That was old money. Right. Yeah. And that's really strong, isn't it? Yeah, it is, huh? Take your head off. 8p it was. <laughs> 8p for yeah. what a pint? Yeah, and there was 240 pennies in the pound then days. So 8p's, you get, get a bit of cider, don't you? Did you used to uh, go I just, out and I drink? Just, I just say, I don't, well, I don't drink. I said, I, used to, I, don't, I didn't need to drink beer or anything. So I said, I don't drink. Oh, have a cider. Bloody hell. You knock your head off. And then you used to go out and party. Did you get to meet girls or were you not? Well, we used to go down to the dances, yeah. A couple of shit, a couple of... Pe- it cost you two shillings to get into the dance. And was there a lot of um, nice-looking women or were you not... 
Well, you well you used to have a laugh. Cause you, you, well, you'd try and get off, and then oh, you could, wouldn't you? <laughs> you did it. Oh, uh. that's good. And I said to one girl one night, I said, I read me major Johnny Johnny Woodward, his name was. He said, "What did you say with that girl?" I said, "I said I said to her, where do you live?" She said, "Watch it." I said, "Bloody hell!" I said, "I only asked her a question." She said, "You daft bugger!" He said, "The place, watch it, just down the road." <laughs> I was going to taunt and watch it uh, in Somerset. There was a place, I didn't know it was a place called Watch It. So did you used to go places like the Music Hall in town? Because isn't that where you saw people like the Beatles live? Oh, that was when I came out the army. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that, because that must be incredible. I suppose they weren't as big as what they were later on, but to see the Beatles live is something that a lot of people would kill to do. Well, we, well, we just used to go to the music... Every Saturday we would be at the Music Hall. Right. And it was... You used to have all the big bands and, you know, and the Beatles there. There was there was quite a few people there, yeah. Can you remember any other bands you saw that might be quite big? Was there like the Rolling Stones or...? We didn't see the Rolling Stones there, no, to be honest, no. What were the Beatles like? They were good, yeah, but we was, we was think, we were mostly looking after them, looking up, trying to chat up the women or yeah. drinking. That's crazy. You missed, like... Think about it now if you got to see Paul McCartney and John Lennon again on stage. Oh, yeah, we, we used to say hello. We said hello to them, actually. Yeah. And I know it's wrong now, but I saw Jimmy Savile. Oh, my God. He, he, came, he, had a, he, used to, he came up, he had a pink Rolls Royce car. Jesus. Yeah. He's, my, a, he's a wrong gun. And my mate, Mike Gibson, he was a footballer. He picked him up. I had, he said, I had darling, and he had blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. Quite, quite, quite funny when you look back. We had some good times. I remember when the, there was a silhouette. You know, the silhouette people was up Halskett, and they were made garments for women. You know, bras and right. things. And swimsuits. Well, Michael Glover was there. My cousin was working there. Okay. And one, one day, and he said to me, come to the musical. They're having their party, Christmas party. So me and my mate, he gave us a couple of tickets to get in. So we went in. And we went in there. And who was behind the bar? Michael Glover. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> he was giving us these glasses of beer, of sherry, of half pint bottles of a glass of the sherry. Bloody hell, we... I was talking, to, they reckon I was talking to one of the pillars on the stairs for half an hour, <laughs> chatting it up. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. So, tell me about your job. So, you were in the industry for, what, 40 years? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I know it's a job that you used to get up. I remember the little minivan picking you up every morning about five o'clock and you'd get home really late. I always remember that as a kid at school, you leaving the house really early, like... Before I was even ready for school or doing my paper Yeah, rounds. but half, half six, seven o'clock, yeah. How was it? Did you enjoy that job? No, it wasn't too bad. That was, that was when I was... That was the salt fix. Yeah. Yeah. There was, it was quite, it's quite, good, quite a good job, actually. But the best was when I was at all engineering in the, in the light machine shop before I went in the army, and when they just came out of the army. Yeah, it was good. That was good because you were learning... And I remember saying to like when I was a kid, like the 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 floors are all wood blocked wood. Okay. And of course, being a new lad, they nailed me down to the floor, into the wood, <laughs> threw me overalls, got me you know th- dick out, and then we'd get the- <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> this just took a bit of a turn. Yeah, and then I used to put like this 
eye spot. It was like a, like a greasy blue right. grease all over you. So, With your dick out, you're sitting there painted blue. Yeah. And the, 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 well, this part of you growing up there. Yeah. I've not seen that film. It sounds like Avatar, but a porno version. I'll tell you one thing. You, you, well, you did it, huh? Christ, was that kind of your like initiation to get into it? Was that well, well, it's your... part of your engineering, yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody went through it, really. I think they don't do it nowadays. And then you, you'd be doing a job on like file that down to so and so to the mark, and you'd be filing away, bit bat across the head, give you a smack across the head, all the file properly, like I showed you. But you learned. Yeah. 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 You said you get a few bats around your head. I remember when I started there, I, of course, I was only a young kid, 15. I had this, my school cap on, and one of the lads got all it. what the bloody hell's this? He said, it's got a hat, and he took it and threw it up on the girders, up on the roof, in the roof. <laughs> so you lost your hat? Yeah, I lost it, yeah. What an arsehole. Oh, well. Uh, but, but it was, when you look back, we had some, you know, there's quite a bit of, yeah, a lot of people there. There used to be thousands working there. Well, there was a, must be a, getting on for a fair few because, and they were repaired in the naval guns. Right. From the war, you know, the bigger what they had on ships, and they used to say, "Look, look, look!" They used to say, "What's what's that for?" Oh, that's a, like a telescope. You look through it, and you, of course, you didn't realize you'd put looking at it. And they'd put all this bloody blue on it because you walk out. All your eyes are all blue then. All around your, did they do any work? Or was it all just pissing around? No, no, no. They, no, they did a lot of work. You had to, you had to work to a time. Right. We used to start work at that, about seven in the morning. Yeah. And then we fin- didn't finish till five at night. That's a long day. Yeah. And the first wages I got for a week, I just had my pay my national insurance and all that. I was one pound and two shilling. Tell me about how you met Mum then, because I don't know all the story about this, and this is a good chance to find out. So, Mum obviously came into your life. Um, tell me about the first time you met her. This was in 1976. Right. Early 76. I was at work with the lad, and he was telling me about this girl who moved in a, in a flat up on Wild Cop. Okay. Oh, and I said, oh, uh, he said... I was living here, living in this house on my own, like, so, so he said, oh, why didn't you, I've been telling her about you, she said, and she wants to meet you, so, a blind date, I said, oh, right, oh, we'll have a blind date, so I went to meet her, at the Lion Hotel on the Cop. Right. I was sitting in there, and she came in, I thought, that can't be her, and she came up, and it was her, yeah. Why did you think that can't be her? Well, well, she, she looked quite nice, I thought, no. <laughs> looked quite nice, <laughs> mum will listen to this. So she looked lovely. Yeah, yeah. And how did the date go? Oh, it went all right. It was well. It was at night. This was at night, really. Yeah. 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 Had a few drinks. Yeah. I don't want to know any more of the information, but it went well. Yeah, it went well. Yeah, we did. We had a laugh. Oh. And then you continued to see her for a bit. Yeah, I used to call and see her on the way to work because I used to work nights sometimes. Right. And where was she then? Was she living uh, on the capsule? Oh, still yeah. there. Yeah, I used to park my car and go and, go and see her. This was early. Early 70s, in the 70s. Late 70s. Yeah. Mm. So then in 1982, I came along. Yeah, well, we, we got married in 77. Yeah. 77, so you'd only met her a year before you got married. Yeah. 
Bloody hell, that's good going. Yeah, well, she moved in not long after because she was in the on the flat, so she so she moved in here. The house we're in today. Yeah, in here, yeah. And then what? You asked her to marry you? Well, we just we just got married though. We never never even asked. We just we just go out to have a good laugh. Oh. And then you decided to have me, or was I not planned? Well. I've always wanted a lad. <laughs> no, I did. I wanted a lad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when the realized when she said she was pregnant, I thought, bloody hell. To be honest, I said, bloody hell. Surely not. But we were we were managing all right, money-wise, like. So, uh, when was it? Oh, she, about, on, on Saturday morning, it was, she said, I think I'm starting to, to have... Contractions. Yeah. I said, come on then, we went up to the hospital. So we, t- we had a dog then, so I fed the dog and t- he was all right. So we t- went up to the hospital and she should have been there earlier. <laughs> so she, you were born, we, were, we got there about 10 o'clock, half past 10. And you were born at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That's not long at all. No, and they put you, I saw you coming out, I was there with the legs. Mm. I thought, bloody hell. Nice experience. And then when I saw you, laughter, I, and they put you in a little cot, and I was kneeling down by the cot looking at you. And this nurse said to me, oh, you wanted it. I said, yes, definitely. He's my lad. Don't I have little red hair? Gingery shell. I thought, bloody hell. Where's he, where'd he come from? <laughs> Is he definitely right? I've got, got the right one, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but no... Life was good, really. Yeah. 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 We used, and then you you came home and you you had this trouble with your milk. You could you couldn't you make you cuddle you and you'd be sickled in your pack or something. Oh bloody hell! <laughs> Did I just not keep the milk down? No, they, they have to, you, have to, you have to have special stuff in mixed with your milk, nester gel or something. I think it was called. Right. Yeah. That's not good. No, no. But your mum coped. She was. She yeah, she's fair to she did well. Then me growing up, was it hard being a dad? Were you away at work all day and leaving mum to look after me, or did you find a good balance? Well, I, I had to go to work. Yeah, I was working, and quite a, quite quite a lot actually. We worked quite a bit. Yeah, doing all these work hours. And then I used to come home. And then you you'd be there. We'd have our tea together. And. Used to be off somewhere, go into football or something. Or yeah, we said, get on. Well, we got on well now. You will be honest. You were a little sad when you were a kid. I thought, yeah. Bloody hell. How is he going? How are we going to cope? But fair dues, you you turn out well now. Was it just me at school always getting in trouble and suspended and after school detention and getting kicked off the bus and just being a little bastard? I know it sounds bad, and and that time when you got. Drunk and you spewed up outside the vicarage. Yeah. Your mum was all flipping heck. But I said it's part of growing up. Yeah. Boys will be boys. Like we didn't have the chance when we were kids. There was nothing. When we when I was your, his age, we had nothing. Like. So you knew why I was doing it, and you just oh, knew it's it was part, part, of part, of, part of growing up. Like when we when we were kids, my brother and me, when we come home from school, like you come home from school, we'd we'd have your tea and we'd have a laugh and all this lot. 
or you go down the field play football or something. Yeah. But when we were kids, we come home from school. This is when I was six, five and six. We had to put the blackouts up. You know these like black curtains. You had to pin them up on the put them up on the on the curtains on the windows. Right. Because of the the bombers coming over, you didn't have your lights showing. That's crazy. Yeah. They, well, if you could, they were bombing Coventry and and uh, Manchester, and Birmingham. You you could see the glow in the in the sky, bit the burning buildings being burned. Yeah, horrible. To make it more positive, tell me about obviously when you retired. So you got made redundant in doing this work at Stadco and Salterfix and all that, you know, in that trade. But then you went completely different and started doing gardening, didn't you? And doing well, going I, to retail I, parks. I, I, when, when I made redundant from Salterfix, yeah, I got a job cleaning in the pub. Yeah, I did that one, and I was cleaning at the the blind school. Then I had a cleaning at at, at the at this college, one of the colleges. And then I got this job. I went to the job centre, and I got a I got a job as a caretaker at the school. Yeah. But, and I, course, on the cutting, doing cuts. So I was the last one in, first out. But then I got a job at uh, picking up the litter at the retail park at Meal Brace. Yeah. And uh, that was all right. That was a good good. And then they wanted me to. Do do but but any garden I said I'll have a go you know, and then they got me a little van. I had a van. And the dog used to come with me, but we had this van. I used to cut the grass, cut the edges, and all that. Pick up the litter first thing, then go around with the van and cut the edge, do the hedges, cut the grass. You had weed. We had to go on a course to do some weeds, spraying weeds and all that. So we did all that, yeah. But then you kind of fell in love with gardening, didn't you? Because now it's your favourite thing and how you spend all your time. But that must have been the moment that you really enjoyed planting and doing all the different seeding and all, all the stuff that you do. Well, before, I did, be truthful, I didn't like gardening. I no. Did, like my mum used to say, gosh, why doesn't he love gardening? The garden is like a tip. And all of a sudden, it, it's like a turn, turn the coin over. I just changed and I've come home from come home from Lindhurst. I had their tools like to cut the lawn, a big mower and cut the lawns and strim all around with the strimmers and edge cutters. And it was nice, yeah. I used to go to Stoke. I used to go to to uh, Redditch, cutting grass. Yeah, we was at Newtown. So then when you retired, you obviously still do the gardening because that's how I remember now the last kind of 10 years of my life is always coming here and you being in the greenhouse or doing the lawns or doing hundreds of seeds in the sheds. Like, that's your life now, isn't it? I, I like this. Uh, yeah, I, I've got nothing else here, have I, Pop? No. It's, it's all I've got now. And so I, I, what, I do, what I do now is get on, like, look after me tomatoes and I'm... I go mad with tomatoes. I don't know why, but I've got this year. I've grown quite a few begonias, some salvias, some asters, some silver leaf, marigolds. I've got them all in the greenhouse. But that's what you do, don't you? You you just literally get up and you spend your retirement doing the garden, keeping it pristine. Like you're really particular about how the lawn should be and the rockery. And do you is it just to just 
be peaceful and get away and just feel relaxed? Why do you do it? It's hard to say why I do it. It keeps you, it keeps you out fit, keeps you fit by doing a bit out of the garden. It keeps you good, good. But at the same time, it's nice to see something growing. Yeah. Yeah. The trouble is, bloody weeds grows quicker than the quicker than the plants. And talk to me because obviously we've become closer over the last sort of ten years, and especially over the last few years. Now I've been living closer to home, and my life's changed. But talk to me about when we went to New York because all I remember is growing up, our holidays were always like Barmouth or a caravan in Rill or somewhere like that. But then me and you went to New York, didn't we? For yeah, you, for your 80th you, birthday. you took me for you took me for my 80th birthday. Well, it was we went before I, when I was 79. Yeah, you said in case I don't make it. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. but no. it was a lot of money, and yeah. I was like, let's go you now. Said, we're going now in case you don't make it. Crazy. So we went. Uh, and it, I couldn't believe it. No, it was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, you you looked after me. Something awful. We went up. We went over the Brooklyn Bridge up the. Up the new tower. The Freedom Tower. Yeah, we went up there, yeah. We went into the... We went everywhere, really, yeah. And did you love the way the city was? Because it must have been like something you've never seen before. There's traffic, there's taxis. It never sleeps, does it? It literally was full on. We could go and get food at two in the morning. We could have... Well, we used to go, we used to go and get food and we used to go and get a pizza. A piece of pizza. It's a quid, wasn't it? A, pa- uh, for a dollar. A dollar, I mean, uh, for the pizza. Um, but that time it amazed me when we went in the Statue of Liberty, we went inside it. And you went right up in top into the real top. To the crown? Yeah. But it was, you couldn't believe how big it is. When you see it on the telly, you don't really, you see it on the television now and you think, oh. But when you think you've been up inside that, it's hard to believe. Massive place. And remember when we went to Philadelphia? Yeah, it was nice, that was. So you had no idea about that, did you? No. We went to see Philadelphia. We went to, we got the blood station. I thought, bloody hell, we don't get, we didn't get lost. It was a big place, New York, like a net. And then we went to Philadelphia on the bus. And we got off the bus and went into this thing. And that Mick, Mike, I think his name was. Mike. He said... Ah, you, you're, you must be getting 80 now, getting to 80. What's your name, Dave, isn't it? I said, bloody hell, how do you know this? No, he said. But then he was all marked, you, you'd planned it for me to go and see where Rocky was born, where Rocky was fighting and all that lot. All the filming sets yeah, and... Yeah, we went up the steps, up the steps at the top. We yeah. saw um, Adrian's pet shop and and her funeral. Yeah, her grave, yes, yeah, yeah. We saw all that. And, and where the priest is out the window. Yeah, we saw all that. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Really, this bloke was telling us, but he said it's all run down now. Yeah, but it was a lovely place. Oh. And do you remember the food that we had? Oh bloody hell! We that one place we went. It, it, I thought, how long do they think we're here for? The Philadelphia cheese steak. <laughs> remember it was about a foot long over a foot long wasn't it and then i took you to SummerSlam wrestling yeah that was good yeah that was good fun wasn't it yeah 
even though you don't like wrestling very much or know much about it, there would be a million people out there that would kill for a ticket to go and see these huge, huge athletes. It must have been, it was thousands of people, wasn't there? We watched it and then we saw SummerSlam for two years running. Yeah, but that was the second time. Yeah. When we went, I was 80 and there were these wrestlers, they were all there, even the women wrestlers, and you said to the one, it's his birthday. She came up and grabbed all the beer. Me yeah, that was Nikki Bella. I don't know her name was. Oh, she was nice though. Yeah. And you met AJ Styles. You oh, met yes. um, Seth Rollins. That one said to me because he said to me, "I like your t-shirt." I said, "You're the best." He had the yeah. nice t-shirts on. Yeah. That was AJ Styles, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Well, yeah, he had a good laugh with him. Uh, yeah, it was, it was not, not a bad it was, time, was it? Yeah, and we went to see. Uh, what was that film we went to see? That Groundhog Day. Yeah, Groundhog Day in, in New York. We went to see the show. Yeah, the musical. Yeah, it was good. That was on. That was a good surprise because yeah. you had no idea, did you? No, no. And um, is that your favourite film, do you reckon? You said to me, get dressed. Put, put, <laughs> put something tidy on. Well, we just walk, walking around in New York and just left sandals and shorts most of the time and, and T-shirts. It was, we were very fortunate. Yeah, the weather was good. Would you say Groundhog Day is your favourite film? One of them, yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it's a good film, yeah. What did you think of the musical? Cause we were... It was good, how they did it. Yeah. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And we had these good seats right in the centre. We could see everything, couldn't you? That was good, wasn't it? It's yeah. not a bad birthday no, present. No. And do you want to go back, or do you think that time's done now? No, I'd like to go back, but your mum wouldn't let me. No, <laughs> no she wouldn't let me go. No, We got yeah. two trips out of it, didn't we? Well, we had a couple of trips, yeah. And then I took you to New Jersey, and we went to Kevin Smith's comic shop, and we went to the shop that they filmed Clerks in, do you remember? It was a really hot summer's day. Yeah, yeah, and we went, went to breakfast, didn't we, to that place, and I said, I'll have a post it. You said, what do you have? I said, I'll have post egg or something on toast, and the toast came with all like, the bloody hell, all the way above. The diner, yeah, in yeah. New Jersey, it was beautiful. It was, ah. Uh, they, they did the eggs separate, like in a little dish. And then we had like all these like square potatoes, they were. Yeah. And, and nice. And then you had your toast. I thought, flipping heck. And it was but only a couple of dollars. It, wasn't, it was only cheap, yeah. I yeah. missed that place. It was a good time, wasn't it? And that time near the, near the hotel, where we just around the corner in the hotel, we went around the corner. And I said, oh, I'll have a sandwich. Yeah. And I said, I'll have a beef sandwich if, if they got beef sandwich. And when it came, I thought, bloody hell. They had to stick to all the. Two ends of the bread together. There must have been 20 slices of beef in that. Oh, at least, yeah. I had to take the top off and eat the meat first. And then, yeah. But you, it's nice. It was nice. That was a good holiday, wasn't it? One of the best holidays I've ever had, that was, yeah. Yeah, it was good days. We so, had some fun. We did. It was really good. And um, we never we, we never argued, have we? Never? No, no. Not, not since I was a kid, I don't think. No, no. No, I've never hit you. Never? No, never, no. That's probably what you needed to do. That's why no, I was so no, naughty. No, I, I didn't believe it. No, I had a bloody whap in when I was at school. Yeah. I mean, my dad never hit me, though. Never? No. He's a good soul, wasn't he? He was. He, well, when we were kids, you know, we were growing up up Holskirt, they used to knock on the door. Come, Mr. Woodhead, come out to play. Because <laughs> he'd, he'd be out with us. Oh. Granddad Woody. Yeah. I remember we had an alleyway going down. The, there was like... Bottom of our garden and all the prefabs. Right. Well, from the the squat, uh, the refugees from the war, you know, came there 
from, from uh, my, uh, Liverpool and all that. Because they were bombing them, they brought them down here into a safer place. Yeah. So they built all these prefabs. And one night we was, he was shaking the, the tablecloth. He always had a tablecloth in days. Right. And we were walking down the alleyway, which is about ooh, 30 yards, 20, 30 yards, I got 30 yards. And he could hear us, and he got down the bottom, and he put it over his head him like a ghost. <laughs> Whoa! He said, bloody hell, he said, we moved down that, that, that alleyway. He, I'm on told him off. He was a good joker. Oh, he, oh, he was a good lad, yeah. I do miss Grandad. He was, he was a star. Every, he was so... How old was he when he passed away? 94, nearly 95. 95, and he was so switched on. He lived on his own, he made all his own meals, and he never had a carer, he was never in a wheelchair, and he was the strongest man I ever know. Even when he died, I stood there in the hospital, and he squeezed my hand harder than anyone. And he, he, was, he was like an ox, wasn't he? Well, it, well I, I can imagine what he did when he was kids, like when he yeah. was a kid. No, he, he, was, he was strong as a horse, my dad. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good gardener, that's why... I th- but my granddad, my dad's dad, yeah. was a head gardener at Tickwood Hall, which is down near Bridge, Bridge Northway. Right. And uh, I think that's where they get it from. Yeah? Yeah. It must be in the genes somewhere. So how old are you now? Me? Yeah. 84. 84. I'll be 85 in July. Do you feel 85? Well, I don't, really, I don't know, really. I don't know how you're supposed to feel when you're 85. Everyone I know that meets you and when I introduce you to people never believes that that's your age. You can see some 85-year-olds that are really old and all kind of, you know, they're in wheelchairs or they can hardly walk or they're in homes, but you're still energetic. You still play with the dogs. You you seem to be out up early doing gardening, doing everything you need to do. You don't seem like an 85-year-old. Well, I get up roughly about half past six every morning. Yeah. I take your mum a cup of tea, have me breakfast. Yeah. I go and make the bed, because it's a big bed. Like I go and make all that, pull the sheets out and all that, tidy it up properly. Because I always make the bed, strip it right off and start again. Like Yeah. Because that's the way you've been taught in the army. But why do you think you've still got the energy and you still keep ticking and you just, you know, you're so strong? What, what, what are you doing that's keeping you so fit? I think, I think it might be in my genes, Pop. Yeah? Yeah. Because of granddad. My dad's dad was six foot six. Yeah. His, one of his sons was six foot four, six foot five. My dad was six foot two. You know what I mean? They, they were all big, big people. So... My dad, though, when he was a kid, you know, he was he was fit, very. Yeah, he used to get up. He had to go milk cows in the morning before he went to school. And are you happy now? Are you glad the way life's turned out for you with me and mom and? Well, I well I know it's you're here now, but I'd do anything for you. Yeah, I think you're the the tops. That's good. I feel the same way. Yeah, you're my hero. Yeah, you're my hero, mate. That's good. at the time, I thought you were going to grow up, and I thought, bloody hell. But you've turned out well. And do you like the way that life is now with me and Leah and the girls, Florence and Billy, and the way that we are only just down the road and we see you all the time? And I like her. I like Leah. She's a good egg. Yes, she's nice. And what I like about her, she cooks your meals, she looks after you, and joins you in doing what you want to do. Yeah, I think you, you and her seem to be like a... 
like like a pair, you know, born together, you know, like a team. Yeah, you are. You got to work as a team, Mark. Yeah, you got to be as a team. I remember when you were at school, I used to talk to you, and I, and I remember when you were at to church at school, games games day or something. It was sports day. That's it. Uh, ten things you had. Ten events, right? Running and all sorts, and they give you ten gold. You had a gold for everyone, and one the one of the teachers said to you, "You've got a gift. Why don't you, you know, you're you gifted for it. athletics and that, but you never took out, never took it up." I like drinking and being in bands and playing guitar and. Well, yeah, you you went the wrong. You took a different stage. You took a different turning. Yeah, but. You could have you could have been a good athlete, but you chose not to be. So it's up to you. You've got to make your own choice in life. Yeah, I've made some bloody weird change, changes in my life, but I'm still here. Yeah, I but I don't drink milk. I don't drink. No, I like water. And when you go for a cafe and you go to a cafe, do you want a drink? No, I love water. They look at you a bit bloody, but I don't like it. No, that's fair enough. No. And what, I like what food. You, yeah, you bloody love your food. Yeah. And you're cooking all the time. Yeah, I do. I do. I like shopping. I do. There's no one in the world that can get to Lidl quicker than you to find the reduced things. Everyone that knows you laughs, but it's true, isn't it? Well, I, well, I, well it opens on a Sunday at nine o'clock, at half past nine. I'm there at quarter past nine. I'll be there early. And if I, if I go in the week, it opens at eight o'clock. I'll be there at quarter to eight. And you're determined. <laughs> Yeah. So what what have you learned from life? So if there's people listening today from someone that's nearly eighty five, what's what's some lessons that you can tell people in life that make make it easier for people? Well, don't envy other people. Do what you want to do. Yeah. It, I, like, yes. Some people say bloody hell, he's lucky, but he's worked for it. Some of these people, like, have got a golden silver spoon in their mouth, but. You, you, if you haven't, you haven't. That's it. You've got to make best of it. We yeah. had when we were kids. You know, we had bugger all. We didn't have nothing. We had the, all. You didn't have no two toys or anything like that. All I had was a bloody catapult. <laughs> I said, That's right. We used to have a catapult. We used to go to Holman Hill. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we was at school once. <laughs> we had no sweets or anything like that. When we was at school once, this was during the war. That the army the. American servicemen were coming past and there's a lot of One of them stopped once and brought in a jar of sweets. Right. And we had one eat, we had to line up for one sweet at school, line up the school for one sweet. And I used to take that in my mouth to look at it. Didn't know what it bloody was after that because we, we had nothing like that. So now you must be loving it that you can just have a whole bag of sweets to yourself. I, but I don't eat sweets now. No, I do. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, I've gone off chocolate and all sweet stuff, I, but I like savoury. Yeah. Like I like pork pies and sausage rolls. This is the content that people are waiting for now. Finding yeah. out what your favourite food is. <laughs> These <laughs> listeners now are turning off, thinking, "Bloody hell, pork pies." Yeah, but it, I don't drink. I don't. I, well, I used to smoke, but until <clears throat> you stopped me smoking. Yeah. Because we, when you were little, we took you to the. Doctors, could you cough, 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 cough? Nothing wrong with him. And somebody said to me once, "It must be your cigarettes that's doing it." I thought it's nothing to do with cigarettes. 
So one day I didn't, one night I didn't smoke in the house and you didn't cough. Following day I had a fag and you coughed. I never had another cigarette from that day till this. That's some determination. Yeah, because well, you, you're so much to me, you mean so much to me that I thought, no, my can't put his life in danger. No. no. And I never had another cigarette. It was hard, but I, I didn't have another cigarette. Yeah. Have you enjoyed today's podcast? Do you like sitting here talking? Does it yeah, feel different? Yeah, it's, it's nice to have a chat to you without your mum interfering. You're saying, what, nice. what are you doing now? It's good, isn't it? We should do it more often. <laughs> then you get more freedom without mum around. Well, she's, she's, a, she's a good one. But she does get on your nerves sometimes. So. That's fair enough. Well, nobody goes perfect. I said, oh, I'm not bloody perfect for a start. No, that's fine. And you, you're happy. Well, uh, I'm as happy as it can be, yeah. That's good. And I, I, I like that we've got this, so this is something we can have forever. So even if you're no longer here in 20 years, we've got this recording and the, the whole world out there can hear us and find out well, about I, my well, dad. I, I, hope, I hope the world stays nice. Like people moaning now about the heating because of the gas. But, yeah. But we're lucky. The weather's changed. It's nice. So like you've done that, you've got to just cut your cloth to suit. There you go. Yeah. That's the lesson you need in life. Yeah. I've not been fun. I haven't got a fancy mobile phone. I've got one that I've had, I put £20 on it. <laughs> yeah. One of these pays you go £20. On it. I still got about £15. And that was five years ago. Do you remember they rung up because they thought you might be dead because you hadn't used it for about two and a half years? <laughs> yeah. And you just told <laughs> He's here. He's actually sat by me. He's not dead. So, what I do, Dad, on this podcast at the very end is I put a song on. And you get to choose the song. So whoever comes on the podcast, it doesn't matter. You know, you know I've had on the podcast. You've seen people like Anthony Hopkins and Kevin Smith and even Mike, who took us around Philadelphia. They've all been on the podcast. And you oh, but they're to famous. Them. I'm not. I know, but you're famous to me. And that's why I wanted you here for 200. But those people get to choose the song that's played at the very end. So when this is all done and I've finished it and I've put it out there, which won't be long... What's one of your favourite songs in the world that you want to be played at the very end? What's a song that you love? I know there's loads. I know you love Pavarotti and Mario Lanza and Elvis, but what's the song that means the most to you? You can have whatever you want. I'd like Mario Lanza, I think. Mario Lanza? Yeah. More than Pavarotti? Well, I I think so, because I, I didn't... Paddy Art is good, he was good. And Queen, you like Freddie Mercury? Oh, Freddie Mercury, he's, he's number one, isn't he? Yeah. I like Fred. So do you want Fred or do you want Mary Lanza? Mary Lanza. Mary Lanza, I think, yeah. What song? Uh, the Great Crusoe. Oh, no, I Walk With God. I Walk With God? Yeah. Okay. So we're all done now, I'm going to stop recording. But it's been nice to say, to chat with chat. Good. But... The secret of life is to just carry on with your own and don't treat people how you'd like to be treated. Yeah, that's a good one to yeah. end on. Yeah, treat people nice. If, you, if they treat you nice, you treat them nice. You, you want to be treated properly. There's some people go around, all they want to do is cause trouble. Yeah. Well, they're, they're no good. They're not, they're not the nice people. It's, life's short, actually. It, it soon goes. I'm 40 now. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, it's unbelievable you're 40. It's mad. Yeah. But if you, if you don't live your life how you want to live it, you yeah. might as well give up. That's I good. mean, sometimes you, 
like sometimes I'm, I've done the time I've had, I've had bugger all to eat you know and just had Weetabix or something all you can afford is Weetabix but you, you, you just carry on and, but always try and save a little bit of money save, save a little bit and then you, you've got it for you behind you I never get no bloody interest now on it but I've got enough to bury myself that's all I need that's good yeah I'm I mean, not going to leave any I'm going to leave some money to people but we've got a house here now it's paid for yep you're doing well yeah well you've done well yeah well we have yeah we, I haven't been like some people that work they used to say they used to work their money how much pints yeah on the beer like that's a bloody pint of beer I don't well, beer means nothing to me I wouldn't bother with it you enjoyed today? Yeah, it's been very nice, yeah. Do you want to say hello and thank you to the listeners? Well, thank you to anybody who's listening to this. Yeah. I hope you enjoy it, because I've enjoyed talking to my lad. Good. I know I call him the pop. I call him pop. That's me. Yeah, the poppy dog. (laughs) Well, he's he's my poppy dog, but he's he's a good one. There you go. Anything else you want to say before we stop? Nothing? No, thank you very much for... Yeah, I'm pleased my lad is... Well, he's, he's a good one. There you go. And my plants, my tomatoes are doing well. I've got about, I don't know how many begonias I've bed in begonias. My salvias are done good. Everything's turning right well this year. Everything's but, good. Yeah, everything's life, life's nice, yeah. All right, dude. Well, I'm going to stop recording and uh, thanks for coming on. No, anytime. I'll see you soon. Yeah, certainly. We'll have some lunch now, yeah? I'll put the kettle on. Brilliant. So there it is. There's episode 200 with me and my dad. The perfect guest for this podcast and someone that was always going to be the big episode 200 for me. And I hope you guys have enjoyed it just as much as me. I sometimes believe when I release an episode of Mark and Me that I'm releasing like a page of my diary for you guys out there to read out loud. And I don't think it gets much more personal than my own family. But I'm not holding back and I'm so glad I left this episode completely unedited. And hey, I really hope you've enjoyed it. My dad is my absolute world and I have this interview now for the rest of my life. You can never take anything for granted and life can throw some huge surprises at you. But no one can ever take this from me and now I've got it forever. And for me, that's absolutely priceless. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it. Go onto Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and just hit that retweet button or share it on your stories on Instagram. It goes a long way and really gets the name of Mark and me out there and costs you absolutely nothing. So if you've really enjoyed today's episode, go on markandme.com and all the links are on there. If you've really enjoyed today's episode and want to support the podcast on another level, I do have a Patreon account. Each and every month, thanks to my amazing friends at Richer Sounds, I have some incredible prizes to give back to say thank you for supporting me via Patreon. But not only that, you're now going to start getting some exclusive interviews that are just for Patreon members. No one else will get to hear these interviews, only you guys that support me via Patreon. But you're getting at least 8 episodes every single month, and that's for as little as £1. So please, if you've enjoyed today's episode, the link is on markandme.com. I really hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I was unsure just about how personal to be, but this is the unedited version of me and my dad, my absolute world, and I hope you've enjoyed it. I'll be back in only a few days' time with a brand new episode. So until then, take care of yourself, be safe, and I'll speak to you all very soon.
Feed. 